mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. This is episode 43. I'm Tracy Prophet. I'm Ruth Urquiaga. And I'm Jay Prophet. And we are excited about this episode. I'm excited about this episode. So we are going to hear a little bit about what Ruth is up to in class. And then we're going to talk about Marcy Cook puzzles, which I think is um, a resource that you may not have heard about that I think is a gold mine. Because she thinks that's what Ruth should be yeah. about in class. <laughs> I've been telling you like... 10 times now you need right. to get some. So maybe this episode's going to convince you. We'll okay. see. And then we're also going to talk about using picture books in math, which um, I'm just so excited about. I'll save my passion for when we get there. <laughs> okay. So Ruth, what are you up to this week? So we have started with integers and this is the first year in a long time that I have not taught with my videos. So I created my flipped videos. And when I first created them, you watched them at home, you came to class, we practiced. Um, and then I started veering away from that. But I felt like those videos were really well done, because they were the first ones and they were well thought out. And so sometimes we would watch them in class, and I would teach the students how to use them. And this is the first year that I have Provided a link for the parents. If you want to study for a math test, this is a good place to go. This is what they're learning in class. And so I've really gone on this, like, discovery of what, how do we use this? And so I started with the integer timeline project, mm -hmm. and I created a timeline of my life. So will you share it? I, yes. Are you willing to? <laughs> I will. Okay. Um, so I have hash marks, and those hash marks are dated with the year that it happened in my life. And everything that happened before birth are also labeled with negative integers, and everything that happened after my life are dated after with— After your birth. After my birth. Sorry. <laughs> after my birth. <laughs> Awkward. Are dated with <laughs> whole numbers. Here. Yeah. And so— I just said, what do you notice? What do you wonder? Love it. Two basic questions. I have this timeline and I'm walking around so they can see it. And students are, I noticed your dad was born in 1927. <laughs> yeah. What does that tell you? <laughs> and so I said, well, can you figure out how old my dad was when I was born? And you see these students like trying to figure out the distance between 1927 and 1974 cool. and they've got their pencils and stuff. And then right under 1927, it says negative 47. And someone's raises their hand and very questioning is like, is it 47? Hmm. So now we have this conversation about integers mm -hmm. and we don't say I'm negative 47 or that happened when I was negative three, but we could. Yeah. And so then someone in class is like, so I have a kid who's possibly negative 20 right now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. 
so another thing on that integer timeline was that my sister was born 21 years before I was. And it just so happens that in my class this year is my great nephew because my sister is his grandma. Okay. And he definitely knows we're related, but the whole like in the essence of math class and on this number line, <laughs> it just says oldest sibling born. Uh huh. And so I say to him, Tanner, would you like to tell everyone who that is? <laughs> and he just kind of gets these big eyes and he looks at me and he's like, my grandma? <laughs> yes. And now the students are like, what? You're related to him? It was just great. I taught his sister three, four years ago. Uh-huh. And it was just like, let's keep this on the DL. Please don't tell anyone you're related to me. <laughs> Super shy. And her brother is just a completely different personality. So he is just eating it up. And I thought he would be all about it. But he really was like, wait, this is how you're going to tell everyone? <laughs> so um, the point of that was it was great for them to see integers being used. Yeah. As their first introduction. And what, then, a, what a much more interesting and engaging hook than watch my video where I give you the vocabulary and I give you the model. Right? Yeah. That's good. So now they're creating one of their own. Mm -hmm. So I showed them mine and they have, are going to go home and come up with five things that happened before they were born and five things after. And for me, I was able to put the birth of my mom on my number line and the birth of my dad. Because I am older than they were when I was born. And oh. so you can have as many years, 45 years to the right. Well, that's how many you get to the left. Okay. And they're limited. So zero, so zero is going to be in the middle of everybody's right. timeline. And so they're limited to 12 years okay. prior to their birth, which means you can't put your parents' birth on there. You have to think of something that happened within 12 years of you being born. Wait, and, you just said you're 45, but your father's well, born so 47 years. Well, so I stuck years. him on the very end. I cheated. Okay. I was like, wait, <laughs> I'm, I can count. And right. you really just did that out of ease of the project, right? I mean, it, they yes. could have. And you said we would... Once you are finished with this project, then you talk a lot about the details of it, right? Right. So, maybe so we're we'll going to see how it goes. Save those decisions. We spent a whole long run talking about like what the range of your your project was going to be. <laughs> but I was really excited yesterday because they had to turn in their um, just five items written in a table for okay. me. And so I was able to see who had mom's birth and that kind of stuff to tweak those events okay. so that the day that we actually spread out our paper oh, and make it, cool. the events are gone, That's are fixed. Idea. But I was really interested in how many students didn't do anything personal. Like my birth was in 2007 and they have, this is when Google started and this was the twin tower terror and mm -hmm. just events from history hmm. that happened within the last 12 years. Yeah. Well, at 12, do you really know? Your family, uh, family related events that happened before you were born. No, but you took it home for homework, so you could have asked your parents oh, gotcha. if you wanted. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It was just really interesting to see what they came with. Cool. But before I sent home the table, I they had to figure out this sentence, and it said, "I was born in that was blank years ago, blank years before my birth was." So I was born in two thousand seven. That was twelve years ago, mm -hmm. twelve years before my birth was. 
Until the year. Yeah. Okay. It was amazing. We just did a number talk. Huh. Because there were so many different ways that students were trying to figure out what year it was. Cool. And there were lots of kids who got 2097 instead of, or 2095. Like 2095 because they went straight to the algorithm. And they didn't think about the fact that it should happen before 2007. It was just like what happens so often in subtraction problems. So did they, if they got that, did they realize their mistake? Yes. Okay. But it was like they had written 2095 because in the top corner they had done subtraction. And so when I said, all right, we're going to do a number talk. We've been practicing our thumbs. We've been practicing our strategies. Let's just talk about how we do this. Mm-hmm. And a strategy that I have not ever heard of was a student who said, well, I knew 2007 minus 12. I knew seven minus two was five. And then he said, 200 tens minus a 10 is 199 tens. And when you put 199 tens, it turns into 1995. So he was able to take the seven minus five in the ones place and he's left with 200 minus one and 200 minus one is 199 but he had enough number sense to not say 200 minus one he said no. 200 tens minus 110 yeah i wouldn't have is 199 tens and nobody else in the class cared they were just like what 200 minus one is 199 but he knew that that's cool. And he, and he knew how to, not just you could that you could do it, but how to say it precisely. Yeah. Kids are so smart. And he didn't <sighs> line it up vertically. It was just a horizontal, that's what happened in my head. Can you tell me the problem one more time? 2007 minus 12. Minus 12. Okay, so 7 minus 5 in the ones place. And then instead of just saying 200 minus 1, he called it 200 tens minus 110 is... 199 tens. Dang, that was good. What a simple way to do it. I love it. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, of course, there were kids who were like 2007, minus 7, and then minus 5. So they broke up the 12. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So I had a lot of students who were using that strategy. Had you already done subtraction number talks? No. This is a good one to start with. Yeah. That's cool. And it was perfect because it was just like right here in the middle of the lesson. You got to figure this out. Well, let's go to a number talk instead of me walk around and say, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. Now, this this problem, did you, did everybody have to do 2007? No, I had some. It was when they were born. 2008. Okay. Because I'd say our daughter was born in 2008 and she's in sixth grade. So I didn't know if you made them use these numbers. No, I mean, this was the number talk. And so because we had done a number talk with this one, I was like, so now if I haven't heard from you, can you share one of the strategies you just heard and let's do 2008 minus 11? Which is like a number string. Yeah. What you're doing is the next, a related problem. And then you could see how it would adjust as you change your menu end, right? And how easy would it be if we were still 10? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because you don't have to regroup. A lot of things would be easier for you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to middle school. Life is hard. Tomorrow we're working on them in class. We will see what kind of kinks I'm going to have to work out with all of that and whether this becomes a repeat project. But the introduction to it 
was well worth it, even if it's just a timeline of my life and I scratch them making their own. <laughs> I think I think it'll be worth it. You think I it'll think be so. worth it. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Will you share your rubric? Do you have, did you end up with a rubric? I did or you... because I actually made one. And it is pretty good. Okay. In fact, it was so good that a student showed up with a finished timeline. Ah! Wow. I'm like, listen, buddy, we're going to do these in class. And it's going to be on Mrs. E's paper. <laughs> so I'd really like for you to, like, do it with us. Yeah. Did your mom do this? <laughs> like, I posted it Sunday night and you showed up Tuesday with all your events and your timeline completely finished. Yeah. Because mm. I was trying to give parents information. He's on the ball. Yeah. yeah. So we are going outside today to play integer football. And, oh, I absolute value i was also able to create a headache in class and need absolute value bars cool that was pretty cool um ferris bueller's day off it played this little movie clip where he tells his buddy that they don't need to worry about putting miles on the car because they'll drive home backwards <laughs> that's funny and Every sixth grade student needs to be introduced to Ferris Bueller. Did you just come up with that? Or yes, I just remembered that part. Oh, well done, Ruth. And so Do you remember I... when he propped up the rear end of the car and just had it zzzz and it fell off and shot out the back of the garage? <laughs> That's priceless. And this is when they were like going in to pick up, getting dad's car to go pick up the girl. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a great movie clip. And the kids are, who doesn't like a Porsche, right? Mm-hmm. It's a Ferrari. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> his dad didn't like a Porsche his dad liked a Ferrari that was funny. Oh. so anyways now they're gonna go home and tell mom that Mrs. E said they should watch Ferris Bueller <laughs> mom's not like, knowing oh. yeah not knowing that I cut out all the bad parts in there <laughs> like stop saying that word Ferris I gotta edit that again <laughs> so anyways it was really great to talk about absolute value because that doesn't work and distance cool. is never negative so cool things are happening um but I still have that group of kids that aren't going to be challenged enough when they know how to add and subtract integers, and some still do. Ooh, good segue. That, I like what you did there. <laughs> that was great. So I happen to have the perfect aspirin for your headache. Um, oh, my word. <laughs> so sarcastic. Okay, so Marcy Cook Puzzles are um, a resource that m- one of my retired partners um, introduced me to, and um you know, I just look marcycookmath.com is her website. I will say that it looks pretty old school when you go there, but I promise the resource itself is very quality. So she's it's she's just a teacher and a, you know, she's been a coach or whatever it has her little bio on the website. But basically, um if you buy a tile packet, that's what I that's the resource that I've used on her website. They're called tile packets. And she has like I think there's like 150 or more of them. Um And basically you're paying for like 20, usually they have 20 in a pack and they're, um, it's a, like a puzzle, basically a a logic puzzle kind of thing. Um, and they're for all kinds of topics from K all the way to eight. And you, the, the common thread among all of them is that you use the digits zero through nine, one time each on each puzzle. Okay. So Sudoku. 
kind of like Sudoku. You're exactly right. That's or a good open picture. middle. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, <laughs> okay, all of those. Okay, out there in, in listening land, raise your hand if you know what Sudoku is versus whatever we just said. <laughs> Everyone's gonna raise their hand for both if they're listening to this podcast. Let's just let's just be honest. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, open middle. There's a link to both of them. Well, there's a link to open middle. Is there a link to Sudoku in our show notes? There will be now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, so you get these little, like, you cut out paper tiles that are the right size. I actually, at some yard sale somewhere, who knows, have little plastic tiles that turned out to be the right size. So I just lucked out on that. But you can print the tiles, and then you get one page, and you figure out how to lay down all the tiles so that it makes all of the statements or problems or whatever true. Um much like Sudoku, there's a place, there's an obvious place to start because there are almost always one that has to be a certain number. Like mm-hmm. it's got to be, you know, the seven has to go here. Um, and then others that could be multiple numbers. So they have to learn or figure out that you go to the ones that have to be right. So yesterday I was working with two kids and we had one that was. Actually, I can't remember what the name of it was, um, but I'll find it and put it in the show notes. But it, like, I remember the problem. The first problem said, "This not this two digit number is less than fifty, and then it had two holes that you put the, the to make the two digit number, and they were like, "Oh, it's forty nine, and so they put down a four and a nine, and I'm like, mm, "Would forty eight go there? Could forty seven go there? Could seventeen go there?" And they were like, "Yeah, but we like forty nine." Okay, so they were kind of, they kind of hadn't figured out the the how it works the yet. The strategy, and I was struggling to like, not just tell it to them. Um, I didn't do a very good job with that. So, but then down at the very bottom, the bottom one said, "This number is half of 60. And at first, my little friend goes, "Hmm, it's either six or zero. <laughs> it's half of the digits in the oh, number sixty. Yeah, and and I was like. Okay, and then you know, I didn't. I just sort of paused, like, where am I going to go with this? And so I started to say, "You okay? Let's pretend we have sixty cookies, and you, you know." And then the other friend that was working on it was like, "No, it's 30. And then they immediately, the other kid goes, "Oh yeah, thirty plus thirty, it's sixty. Okay, I agree with you. So, you know, I unfortunately, because of how I was in time, was like, "Can we? Let's go down here to the one that I know has only one answer. I, I feel like they needed to understand how to work the project first, you know. And then um, one said, this was tough, five less than the sum of nine and seven. That's a difficult, like, you know statement to figure out because mm-hmm. you have to do the sum of nine well you don't have to you but have to do the second part of the statement first exactly yeah. and that really it took me a long time to walk walk through that oh and then um how many feet are in two yards and they had no idea what a foot in a yard was so i got out my yardstick and i got out a bunch of um, rulers and let them lay them down and count them so we uh, oh and odd and even we're on this one this card had all kinds of stuff i might have picked one that was too (laughs) too complicated to begin with um but so we did the you know i tried to guide them towards those first let's figure out the 30 and the six and the 12 i think it was and then we've got to go back and figure out the rest of them. There was one about odd and even and then the less than. So all on this one card, how many different, you know, topics that we did. So 
looking for your class, what, you know, which ones relate to what you're doing, I'm seeing on, um, I'm just going to her thing and under tile packets, they list by big topics. Mm -hmm. You can list and look at every single one. Um, but looking at, looking down here for integers, negative, it says negative slash positive integer tiles. And the description says adding and subtracting of positive and negative whole numbers. Um, and so what's cool about this is that if you hover over the image on on the far right on her like big Mm -hmm. list you can see an example so you could i mean you could make this one on put it on your board or snap a picture of it and put it on your board and try to just do this one until you i'm hoping that you will order a whole packet of something i did talk to my principal yesterday because she just happened to be like walking beside me and i was like hey marcy cook if you get them seventh and eighth grade can use them too and she's like well tell me more and yeah Okay, I'll get right on that. So try this one and then talk to her about, you know, try these. So we're looking at like what we see is negative. It's a box. Negative minus, sorry, blank minus blank equals negative one. Well, that's one that any kind of number could go in. We have to wait to, mm-hmm. to that one. Or do you guys see the one that you'd, oh, that's the bottom one. Right. You didn't let us check. Sorry. <sighs> sorry, go. wait time is that? That was no wait time. <laughs> that was know. a terrible teacher move. Rewind. Which one do we have to start with, Jay? <laughs> the bottom one. Tell us why. Because the it reads three minus blank equals negative four. So how did you figure out what goes in there? Or do you know what goes in there yet? Can you teach me? Yes. Go ahead, Ruth. <laughs> well, so if you are at three on the number line, how many spaces do you have to move to the left to get to number to get to negative four? I, I do know the answer is seven. Oh, okay. I was just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. So we have to put the seven in there, and then that helps you eliminate what could go in the other ones. Go so ahead. So all of these are going to be whole numbers. You're not going to, because they're, the negatives are written on the box, you're never going to put a negative number in that box because you're only using whole numbers one through nine or whatever you D- say. And, and I would probably say digits. You're digits. only using digits. And then the signs, if they are negative, are written onto the puzzle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then, that one's your first, and it could be two if it was if you could. Oh right, it could be. I see what you're saying. It could be. Ne- what do you mean? Oh, negative well, no, that one. one no, that one couldn't. But s- oh. some of them could. You know, depend on how that worked, because that one's anyway. Minus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got gotcha. you. Like negative two in the very first box. Negative two minus. Negative one. Negative one. Yeah. Okay. So there's a, I think this is, if you already know how to do integer integer operations, or even if you're learning, I think this fits both, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, There is one that had a thermometer on it. Ooh, order of operations. That's cool. Up and down tiles is the one. Okay. Um, So this is probably even more. This would be the level before that because it's got a it's got a thermometer right on the uh, puzzle for like a vertical number line. Yeah, and so you would be able to, you know, use your pencil to kind of look at it going back and forth on it. Um, it's the same kind of thing. It just basically has the thermometer as a model to use. Um, so there's all kinds of ones here, and I will say that some of them are 10 and some of them are 15. So the $10 packet, and that has 20 puzzles. I mean, think about the money that people spend on Teacher Pay Teacher for things that you always want to edit, 
There's a lot of mistakes. There's most of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time it's not critical thinking or higher level thinking at all. Like don't spend your money on teacher pay teacher, spend it here instead. You know, if you're going to buy something pre-made, um, this is quality and it's worth it. Um, so the $10 ones are only the PDF, which you would, you could either print off one, one of the 20 puzzles to give to your whole class and then have like, you know, 10 of the next one, five of the next one. So that as you finish, you could go grab another one. That's how I've used open middle before. Or if you, if you, the $15 ones are really just the older ones and they are actually printed on really, really heavy cardstock. And so you get a, a, like a manila envelope that has the 20 puzzles. It has like the direction sheet. It has the answer sheet. Um, and then it probably comes with a, like a master to make the little tiles. All of them come with that. So you can have the right size tiles. Um, and then I, oh, I always laminated them. We always laminated them so that they would last a little longer. But the, it's like super good cardstock. So that's the resource. Any questions or thoughts? I don't have any questions because I already know I want them. So let's talk about our children's books that we use in the classroom. Okay. Awesome. So I just have to shout out to Patty West who um, worked in our division and she's now retired. But she um, – I took a class with her at Lynchburg College lots of years ago. It was a, a graduate class, and I didn't really know what I was getting into. I just knew that I liked Patty West, and anything she did was awesome. And so I took Same. her, yeah, I took her <laughs> math class, and it was all about using children's literature in the math class. And we got this whole big stack of books. I still have them. I still refer to them a lot. Um, she introduced us to tasks and games, the kind of thing I'd never seen before. Um, much of our like written literature was from Marilyn Burns and you know probably the first time I'd ever seen something I think you'd call a case study almost because she, uh, Marilyn Burns would like write about I used this book and here's what I said and here's what a student said and here's some student work and you know it was just eye-opening because I'd never seen anything like that um, and it changed it made it put me on this trajectory I'm just going to say that class was like why I'm he here now doing this for sure. So all that to say, I feel like using literature, children's literature in the, in the math classroom overall, if you look at all the classrooms is an underused resource, you know, like I, I can even say, I know a lot of books that I could have used for units and topics that I'm taught. And then I get that, I get to that point and I'm like, Oh, I should use that. I didn't use that, you know, but if you're looking for a way to maybe introduce a topic you know, start a unit, there's probably a book out there that would be a great match for yours. So um, how have, I'm wondering, like, how have you used literature in your class? Um, so this kind of started a little bit on our last podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, Nancy. Mm -hmm. Estepa. Yeah. She looked it up and was like, did you know they make a small numbers book too? I actually think it's little numbers, but uh, yes, carry oh, on. Oh, you're right. Little numbers it is by Packard is his last name. Anyways, Kevin Packard, I think, is the author. So I started Google searching that. And I'm like, I'm going to go see if they have it at a library. The Bay have the big number book at oh, the do? library. Okay, cool. mm -hmm. Edward the Packard. Public. Edward Packard, yeah. His cousin's Kevin. Um, <laughs> and I just said to the librarian, do you ever take requests for books that we'd like to have? And she's like, oh, yeah, we have a list right here. So she writes down little numbers awesome. and the author. So it's possible. Like dust off the list. Like, no. like they never really use it. <laughs> right. Like, no, people don't ever say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah um, here's a list. And while I was there, I found an integer story that's by Stuart, 
Stuart Murphy. And according to the librarian, he is known for writing yeah. his math stories. Yeah. And so this one's called Less Than Zero. It's just about a little penguin who wants to buy something, get some clams. And so he has to work around the house to get enough clams to do this. And it's this, he keeps track of how many he has. Like he earned three and then he spent five because his cousin loaned him two. And so it creates this number line until he finally gets there. Well, I was able to have read this book. I haven't by myself mm-hmm. and I have that idea of oh he creates a number line so yesterday when I created when I taught absolute value we were able to create a number sentence a number line and try to figure out why if we were back at zero the answer wasn't zero mm-hmm. and that was the need that they needed for absolute value because if you go three blocks to the right and then you go back one block because in this case, she dropped her tuba. She was going to the tuba lesson, and she dropped her music, her sheet music, so she had oh. to go back and get it, and then she had to walk the rest of the way. She was still three blocks away, but she had walked a total of five blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to say she dropped her tuba. I was like, it took her a block to figure oh. out she didn't have her tuba. <laughs> so the whole idea was when you put it in story form, Yeah, the students are really engaged. Yeah. And this one by Stuart Murphy in a sixth grade class, I won't read every word mm-hmm. because it's a long story. Mm-hmm. But I do have a student who stays after school with me um, to get extra help in math, and she loves reading. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I'm going to let her read this. Yeah. And with then talk me. about it. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. There's definitely a place for it especially in elementary school. But I think in middle school and high school, when you pull out a picture book, you're going to have, they're going to be engaged for yeah the reading of that book because yeah. it's been a while since they've right. seen it's one fun. of those, you know, it's yeah. just something different. Yeah. Um, so I thought we might share, both share, receive, we have three favorites that we, that are like tried and true books that we've Yes. You want me to go first? Okay. Because <laughs> you already – and I'll give you a second. I wrote down – we did sort of prepare for this. So I wrote down yours if you forget what your three favorites okay. are. With. <laughs> so my favorite one that is just tried and true is Spaghetti and Meatballs for All. I just love it. It's a. It's about – basically it's about area and perimeter. And they have – it's a family reunion and there's – they're, they're going to serve everybody. And they put all of the um, tables together and they're trying to – have enough seats for everybody no 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 no. they have all the tables apart and then they don't have they want to all be together and so they start pushing the tables together and they lose basically perimeter as they do that so they don't have enough seats for everybody and then they work it back out to separate it back out and the person's like oh we should have done that from the very beginning but it's such a cool um it's a it's a well-written story it wasn't forced you know and there's a you can you can model it concretely as you go, because you can get mm. out um, foam tiles and and have them start with all the tables and then push them all together and, and you know watch what's happening. So I I somewhere if I can find it I'll share like a recording sheet that I used one year as we were reading the story like keeping track of what was happening. Oh, that's cool. Um, so my next favorite one is Greedy Triangle, probably also by Marilyn Burns. I think I Jay's gonna look it up for yeah, us. Yeah, I know they're often bought together on Amazon, but yeah. I don't know that they have the same author. 
It is. Yeah. I mean, well, it has a, a co-author, but Marilyn Burns. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Good. So um, basically just it sees the diff like as more sides are added to the isn't it the triangle it doesn't want to be the triangle anymore and so more sides are added and right you see all the different shapes and then they're like no we do like the triangle and it goes back to being the triangle so it's a great one to introduce different names of polygons and it's a great one to do with ang legs like keep snapping in ha- let them do it have a triangle and then keep snapping in another side to the polygon and, and watch how it turns into a big circle once you have all of them. Or popsicle sticks if you don't have exactly. Marilyn Burns is the author. This listed the illustrator as an author, and it's just the illustrator. Gotcha. So there's no co-author. She's the author. Thanks for keeping us honest there, JJ. Um, Okay, you can look up another one, and it's called The Doorbell Rang. Um, And this, um, it's about sharing cookies. Tell us who it's by, please. Pat Hutchins. Pat Hutchins. Awesome. Um, oh gosh, it's been a while since I read it, but it's about remainders, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that isn't that what it leads towards like because people are bringing plates of cookies or she's giving cookies as the doorbell rings yeah. and people groups different groups of people yeah, come and different so groups of people come. certain numbers that are like factors of the plates of number of cookies can all they can all share yeah. them equally or then the remainders. So um those are three of my favorites. And again, that one you could model it as you go. So that's my common thread is that my favorite ones are ones that are so simple that as we, the math in them is simple enough that everybody can model it and do it as we're reading the story. So when I searched for spaghetti meatballs for all, just mm-hmm. to make sure we knew who wrote it. Yeah. The um, first five options were different math picture books, like her, that one. And then other ones that were similar. Cool. And then the sixth one was a 12-pack of Chef Boyardee meat spaghetti meatballs. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. But that's a, a great way to see other books that are probably quality is to, like, find one that you like and then look down at the all, customers also bought or mm-hmm. recommended. Okay. So what, have your, so what are your three favorites? So I have to start with the two favorites that you can't find except for in our show notes because when Tracy was my student teacher – there were no books out there, or maybe there was, and sure, she just there didn't were. Look. We didn't know. She just wrote them. Like when you need a book, just write a story. <laughs> just write a story. So she's my student teacher, and she has to teach circumference. And I know circumference and the round table was out. Yeah. I think you came like my second or third year in fifth grade, and I hadn't ever read the book, but. Her story was nothing like Circumference in the Round Table. It was just the story of a king, and he had two daughters, Radius and Diameter. And she had costumes in her bag, and she's just randomly picking students. I was so extra. Oh, my gosh. I just remember sitting in the back of the room like, oh, my word, she's going to leave, and I am going to have to keep up with this. And if she wasn't writing a story, then she was, like, breaking out in song. There's a whole mess of circumference books. Oh, yeah. 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 But the one that is the best is the one that Tracy wrote. So I take that with me to LCA, and that's not really in my scope and sequence. Like, I don't get to teach circumference. And and we should say that all – this is probably – if I did know the book, this is why I probably wrote another one, is because all we needed to do in fifth grade was – label or identify circumference radius diameter and center and cord 
It's just identifying those parts. That might be why if I had heard of the other one, because it goes into like the, you know, more about the formula and stuff. I think the books are more complicated than I wanted what we right. were going to do. Carry on. So the students were able to act out the story while Tracy's telling it. They don't even really know they're acting it out. They're just, it's not even ad lib. I don't know what that is when someone's telling you that I want you to walk from this part of the circle to this part of the circle. And they do it with this drama and everyone's laughing. Oh my god! And we gosh. always picked the queen to be a boy. Like, <laughs> you know, somebody, a boy who wanted to do it. So we had like, you know, yeah. a boy in a dress. So you had queen center. It was just a great engaging lesson and it was just a story but they remembered it yeah and so we'll put it on the show notes yeah but i have a youtube video of me telling the story cool and my sixth graders in full costume acting it out that i'll say they did at the end of the year because they had seen this other class do this and Mm -hmm. they wanted to do it better so they just said well they record well you record us um and then the other one that we wrote, because so you wrote Circumference and it was a hit. And then we decided as a team, what if we let the students write? And I remember they all had to like take one of the quadrilaterals and write something about it. So I don't even know how the whole thing evolved, but we had a, um, characters in our story like Trapper and Rombo and Peril, mm-hmm. and Rex. Squa- Rex, and Square, and the whole essence of the story was- Who was Rex? Rectangle. Oh, okay. Square thought that he was better than everyone else because he had four congruent sides and four right angles. And a sweet, sweet name. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he ends up like- looking down at everybody because they're missing something. Oh, you don't have enough congruent sides, etc. And he ends up all alone. And everyone else is at the four-sided dance club, which of course Miss Prophet knows how to dance too. So she's showing them how to oh, do please. Well when you say knows how to dance. <laughs> Come on. The shopping cart and the running man. And they're the, That's true. They are all change just a little bit to have something to do with quad because you're only allowed to so you just you put your hands up and you have four fingers up on both hands so that's what we would turn the music on when like it was repeated they'd go into the quad club and then everybody else danced and square was like i'm not i'm too cool i'm not going in there so i would turn i would literally turn the music on every time they go back in the quad club and then everybody except for square could stand up even the people who aren't acting it out yet put four fingers up on their hand and then do whatever dance they wanted to as long as they had fours up it's awesome. <laughs> the sprinkler, you know. <laughs> okay, carry on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways, it was great. Yeah. I mean, those stories in class. And, in fact, this year when I did my little name tense, somebody said, what's your favorite thing to teach in math? And I was like, I think it's geometry. Cool. <laughs> I don't get to teach geometry. Yeah. But that is really my favorite because of that. And we always picked Square. The person who thought they wanted to be Squarry, of course you want to be. That's the main character in the story, right? Yeah, it's named after Squarry. But then you don't get to dance, mm-hmm. and you're really sad at the end because then the story's over. Okay, everybody sit down. Wait, I don't, you no, didn't that's write a not good how, ending no, to no, it? no, no, no. That's not how it ends. They okay. say, um, 
you know, Squire is realizes that he's all alone. And so he goes to apologize and he, he says something he has in common with each other shape. So he's like, Rex, I'm really sorry. You are cool because you have four right angles. Um, Trapper, you're really, I'm sorry, you are cool because you have four sides. And they're saying the things they have in common with the person. And then they, they forgive him and they invite him back. I just taught it. They forgive him or last year, some end of the school year, they forgive him and bring him back into the quad club and then they all dance and they say something like um oh what's the line be there or be, be square. there or be square you know jay don't shake your head at me oh. <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> so no it does not have a has sad oh, ending. i think mine had a sad ending oh it was like too bad you should be nice squarry sit down stories over <laughs> <laughs> that's Sorry, not how the story goes <laughs> be there or yeah, be if square you're gonna actually you know write this book and you've got to you've got to end it yeah, no. which Tracy and I have said there is definitely a place, and I don't know how you would market it, but there are, there's a need for more good stories that can be used in the classroom, and especially upper grades. Yeah, yeah, yep. So we have just a few minutes left. We had also SEO Trot. Do you want to mention that one? So SEO Trot is a chapter book, almost. It's something that um, is it's is that tortoise by Roald Dahl? Yes, it's okay. tortoise spelled backwards, and it's the story of a man who's trying to have the lady who lives beneath him fall in love with him, and he does something with her tortoise, brings food, but the whole idea is that you can do long division. It's a great introduction to long division without the algorithm because cool. they have to start to manipulate i think it's the eggs i i'm really bad you put me on the spot with that one yes i've used it but something about i haven't used it in a long time so seo trot is a cute book i don't know how to spell tortoise forwards much less backwards (laughs) e-s-i-o-t-r-o-t seo trot that's funny jay Okay, so I will just sort of skim through this last couple things here. I did a little like challenge for myself to see if I could think about um, every grade level in my building, what they're currently working on, and if there was a book that I could suggest for each one. And I will say we found one for everything except for fifth grade. I'm going to post the list. I won't go through all of them. Let me just highlight one. Um, And that is one that I've taught with which was skip counting in second grade the book is called how many feet in the bed it's an old book the illustrations are yeah the illustrations aren't especially cool um but sorry to illustrator but you know it's it's clearly dated but i know but it's very simple i think that the reading level also matches second grade which is an advantage you know Mm. like you could use it in your reading class especially maybe with your higher group um and basically, there's just it's just a family, and one person's in the bed. How many feet are in the bed? Then the the next person gets in the bed, and they're counting. Okay, now it's four feet, and then they another person, and then then after they've they've counted one by one, and then they say two, four, six, eight. So they are demonstrating why you would learn to skip count and count by twos, and then one person gets out at a time. Um, so I turned it into a task. I when I was in the stream lab, I said, "What if all of us in this classroom?" were in the bed, how many feet would be in the bed, and tried to get them to use the idea of skip counting by twos to figure out how many feet were in our entire class. And then I just realized, as I was looking back over it, that they could then go to how many um, fingers 
right? Because then you could count by, or fingers or toes, you could count by fives for every person um, to see how many fingers or toes were in the room. If they were just one-armed people. Yeah, well, if you no, count by you... five, that's one, that's one hand of fingers. Okay, so I guess you'd count by ten. But I was thinking you would count each person twice. Like, as I, if I was counting uh, you, I would say five, uh, ten, and then I would go to J, fifteen, twenty, you know? Gotcha. Um, or on your right hand. I don't know. So maybe it, maybe it makes more sense to count by tens, like that way. Anyway, I like that one. Um, so I'll put the list of the rest of these on our show notes in case you're interested of our current suggestion for um, each grade level. And then I'll just end by saying that we searched for an order of operations story and we couldn't find one. So if you know of one that a good story that is about order of operations, let us know. And if not, then there's your challenge that there's an open space in the market to write your story about so order of operations. So I would like to say if you have a favorite children's book that you yeah. use, because I'm really curious if people have it, this isn't something that we've done a lot and we have a lot of resources for, but I do have a brand new librarian who's emailed me twice since the beginning of the year and said, is there anything you'd like to have? And I said, yes, I'd like to have more number talks matter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think she would be more excited about a children's book. So. Yeah. So the SEO trot was, was made into a movie with Dustin Hoffman and Judy Dench. What? Like, those are some heavy hitters for a math book. Cool. Yeah. We're going to have to watch it. Is it on so. Amazon Prime? I don't know. I just found it, you know, list is for sale. Awesome. All right. Well, let's check it out. All right. Let's hear our takeaways. I got to get you to work. So go. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, my takeaway is that I am going to use that small or that little numbers book. And I am going to stop by the library each time I start a new unit. Wouldn't it be great if there was a children's book that I could use to introduce box and whisker plots? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, all right. Good. What's your takeaway? That my was takeaway, <laughs> my takeaway is the Spanish language version of SEO trot is called agutrot because in Spanish tortoise is tortuga. Oh, love it. Wow. Did you just like make that up or did you see that? I'm looking at it. Oh, <laughs> awesome. That That's awesome. Okay. So my takeaway is twofold. One is that you and I need to get on writing some books, friend. Like that, that would, I don't know. I feel I like we could do it. I buy a new calendar to keep up with my checklist of stuff to do. Ah, Maybe I'll put that yeah. on there. So in our free time. Yeah. Right. Okay. So my second thing is that I'm going to add Marilyn, no, I'm going to add Marcy Cook to my list of suggestions for teachers of when this you've got a student that knows it what's the next challenge or you've got a group of students that know it and maybe this isn't the greatest takeaway but you can at least see one and a lot of times that's all you need you know so like there's tons of them that I don't have but I can see one because of her preview so yes. I'm realizing yes I can go to open middle yes I can go to enrich but Marcy Cook is one more place that I can look for something related to what I'm teaching so we're helping other teachers teach. That's my takeaway. It's been real. I'll see you on Monday for a run. All right. All right.